Welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. My name is Frank. I'm the host of the show. I discuss and review movies new and old. You can watch the show on YouTube and Facebook under the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. You can listen to the show wherever you get your podcast. Please rate and review the show on your app of choice. You can email the show at bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. Please visit the podcast website at letmebendyourear.com. All episodes are available there. On this episode, I'm going to review Maestro, Maestro, excuse me, Maestro, Maestro, directed by Bradley Cooper. So, looking forward to this movie. I had read about it when it was being uh, produced and made. And Bradley Cooper, of course, is an actor, now actor-director, you know, from The Hangover. He was an American sniper, which he was excellent in as well. And he directed his first film a few years back, A Star is Born, of course, a remake of that film, uh, probably the third, either third or fourth remake of A Star is Born with him and Lady Gaga. So A Star is Born, which I have not reviewed for the podcast, uh, was an entertaining movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, Lady Gaga, of course, was fantastic. Bradley Cooper was good. Uh, very good movie, very good directing debut for Bradley Cooper. So it was interesting when I found out that he was going to be directing a maestro regarding composer-conductor Leonard Bernstein. It was interesting because he's his second movie and consecutive movie where he's dealing with a the lead character being a musician uh, with a complicated you know personal life. So it's interesting that he picked his first two outings as director to be in the realm of music, in the realm of troubled artist, and of course in different ways from A Star is Born and Here and, and Maestro. So it was interesting to see that he that he went back to that uh, that storytelling uh, choice as far as what he wanted to do for a film. So to be honest, I knew nothing of Leonard Bernstein before watching this film. I, I knew of him. I know his name. I knew he was a conductor so i that's basically my knowledge of uh leonard bernstein i don't think i even realized he was a composer i may have but like i said my knowledge is very you know limited is probably overstating it i knew other than his name nothing about him so i was very much looking forward to seeing this uh this biopic if you will and, and seeing you know what was it going to be so the opening of maestro is a, a, a seminal event in leonard bernstein's life so at the age of 25 years old, he was a assistant conductor for the New York Philharmonic Orchestra. And at the beginning of the film, the film chronicles a fateful time for him where the lead conductor came down with an illness and could not perform. So at the last minute, uh, Leonard is called to conduct the orchestra and does so brilliantly, leading to a what's the word I'm looking for, a quick ascent into fame in this community of musicians, conductors, and composers. So that's a seminal moment. And then the other seminal moment in his early life when he was in his 20s is he is at a party and he meets an actress at that party by the name of Felicia. And she is played by the great Carrie Mulligan, who was in Promising Young Woman, which I reviewed for this podcast. You can check the uh, back catalog for that review. Uh, she was great in that, and she's uh, very good to, in this movie. I'll get into the performances in a minute. So they meet, they fall in love, and get married. 
as his career is ascending. She's an actress as well, doing pretty well um, in her career as well, but marries him and, uh, you know, kind of becomes the housewife, mother of kids, kind of run, running the family while his career is, is ascending. And she, of course, is a crucial advisor to him as well. <clears throat> the other component of Leonard's life that's portrayed in Maestro, uh, which is something that's played throughout the film, is <clears throat> it is clear and, of course, like I said, I didn't know this before watching the movie. So he is at the very minimum bisexual, if not gay, but he has a series of gay relationships in this film. And it's interesting. I just finished reviewing Ferrari for the last podcast. And it's it's a you know kind of a coincidence that both of these films kind of tackle wives that marry very talented husbands in their fields of choice and uh, basically come to an agreement on how their marriage or the dynamics of their marriage are going to work. And in both cases, the wives are fully aware that their husbands are engaging in multiple affairs outside the marriage and they're aware of it. They, I don't know if good with it is the right word, but they've come to a compromise within themselves that that's something that's part of their marriage and they just, you know, deal with it however they deal with it. So it's interesting that both of these films kind of had that theme and this theme is as well. But obviously you have the added layer in Maestro of the affairs that her husband is having are homosexual affairs. So obviously from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, obviously we all know the situation with homosexuality in the United States. It was taboo. It was hidden. Most people that were gay were closeted. So obviously his the nature of his affairs, even though it was probably an open secret in the community there, Outside the music community or the theater community, that was something that was not going to be broadcast to the general public because that would, not would, it would have absolutely damaged his career. Uh, so you have that attic dynamic to the mix here. And there are several scenes in the film that talk about that and her irritation with the fact that he's not more discreet and uh, and things like that. So that's definitely a tension within their marriage. But you can see that they love each other and care for each other deeply. He cares for her very deeply. That's made apparent in the movie as well. So a lot of that is focused on that, and and the movie really is focused on more so his personal life than his career. So, and let me put that to the, to the back for a second. So let me talk about uh, the things that I liked about the movie. I'll start with the performances, and I'm going to start with Bradley Cooper first. Obviously, he, he co-wrote the screenplay with Josh Singer. He directed it, and he's the lead actor. So playing, you know, triple roles here. Uh, he's fantastic as Leonard Bernstein. I don't know, like I said, I haven't seen interviews with Leonard Bernstein, seen him conduct any of that, that so I don't know what to compare it to. But he, he definitely inhabits that character, you know, his vocal pattern, how he speaks the lines. It's, it's, it's fantastic. The performance is great. You know, you can see his love for it. I, from what I understand, I know he's been working on this project for a long time, from multiple years, as most movies take. And it's something that he was obviously passionate about. And you can see it in his performance. And he's very good. But really, the performance in this movie is Carrie Mulligan. Uh, as I stated with Ferrari, my previous review with Penelope Cruz's performance, Carrie Mulligan's performance in this movie is fantastic. It's probably the highlight of this movie, to be honest. It's it, it's the best performance in the movie. And she's phenomenal. And, and I would argue that she's almost the star of the movie, not Bradley Cooper. And I think that's maybe something that was intentional because it really tells the story, you know, their love story. But it really tells the story with how Felicia navigates their relationship, her passion for his career, for him to be great, to do well, to 
facilitate whatever is in her power to make sure that he is successful. And uh, that performance is fantastic. Plus, of course, she's being a, a mother to their children and trying to protect their children from what he does outside the marriage to the point where you know the kids really didn't know until they got older and even then she did not want them to find out what he was doing so that performance is the performance of this film and probably my biggest reason that i would recommend anyone to see it is to see her performance it's fantastic and like i said bradley cooper's good you've got matt bomer in the cast sarah silverman um, several actors you know the performances are great technically as a film uh, you have several uh, early life is done in black and white. It's beautiful black and white photography uh, on their early relationship, early marriage, his career. And then it shifts to color uh, when it gets into the 60s. I think you can see by the fashions and the, and the way the cinematography and the color choices for that part of the movie are fantastic as well. So technically, it's a really fantastic movie in that regard. So those are the things I really, really liked about it. Now, I'm going to get to the things that I don't like. And it's really not a list of things that I don't like. It's really one major issue that I had with the movie. And I don't know if it's fair or not, but it's just my impression of when I watched it. Biopics are always hard to begin with. You can never, you're never going to please everybody with them because everybody, when it's somebody, especially somebody famous, and I know for me, even though Leonard Bernstein is not someone I know well or know of his career well, there's millions of people that know who he is and they have expectations, set expectations for what a biopic about his life should be. And for me, like I said, that wasn't much of a barrier because I didn't really know much about him. But what I, my biggest issue with Maestro and is, as I was watching it is I am totally okay with them, you know, chronicling his relationship with his wife. It is a great story. It's a complicated relationship and it, it, and it's explored in the movie, which I have absolutely no issue with. My problem with it is I thought it was explored too much to the point where it didn't really explore Leonard as a musician and a composer. So for me, the quintessential and biopic I use loosely because I look, I understand that these aren't documentaries and things are changed, altered for dramatic purposes. Things that didn't happen are put in these movies to make it dramatic. Totally get that. But one of my favorite movies of all time, and I have not reviewed it for the podcast, I will at some point, is Amadeus, the Milos Forman film that came out, I think, in 1985, won Best Picture, won Best Actor for F. Murray Abraham. That film is, spoiler alert for that podcast, that movie's perfect to me. It was the perfect mix of discussing Mozart, his genius, his relationship, whether it was true or not, with Salieri. But what I loved about Amadeus, and now, like I said, this is a different point of view because, one, everybody knows Mozart. Even if you're not a classical music fan, you probably know one piece or two that he composed. The music is a deep part of Amadeus. The, the, the pieces I select, it's just beautiful to listen to. It's beautiful to watch. It's just, I've seen that movie so many times. It's, it's just brilliant. So I always hold, especially biopics about musicians, up to that standard, and that's a high standard. And with Maestro... I really, it, I really felt it lacking the creative part of Leonard Bernstein. I really, as someone that doesn't know a lot about him, I was really hoping to get, you know, more time devoted to 
how he conducted more pieces of music. And I know woven throughout the film, there is Leonard Bernstein music. I do know that. And I heard some of it, but not enough for me to go, you know, whether I'm a, you know, to become a fan or not a fan, but just to be exposed to that musicianship, the creativity that he brought to it, the things that made him legendary. So I wish I would have seen more of that. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry. I wish I would have seen more of that. That really, to me, was something that I was looking for going into the movie and something that I did not get. You get late in the film about a five or six minute scene of him conducting the orchestra. And uh, it was great. He's fantastic in it. And I know, I think I read he had practiced that for years just for that you know, couple of minute section to make sure that his conducting looked like real conducting like a conductor would do like Leonard Bernstein would do and I'm sure he put a lot of work into it and I wish I would have had more of that more of the creative process there were bits and pieces and little nuggets in the film where he's writing music especially early on in the black and white sequences that's that's the thing for me personally is as a viewer interesting to me and the things that I get excited about watching a, a biopic especially about a creative person whether it's a musician or a uh, Anyone that's in the creative arts or, you know, anything that they're creating something out of nothing. So that's always a fascinating story to me. And I just wish Maestro had more of that. It just did not have nearly enough for me that I was looking for and craving in this particular film. So to me, that's the biggest shortfall of Maestro is that aspect of it. So like I said, I don't have a list of things that I had an issue with. That was just really the main thing. But that's a pretty major thing for me. And I think it really detracted from... Uh, from my full enjoyment of the movie. Like I said, the other elements that I explained earlier, like I said, I really enjoyed, especially Carrie Mulligan's performance. Uh, the movie is is worth it for her performance. Uh, if you're a fan of hers, definitely uh, something you want to check out. But for me, like I said, the lack or, or, the, or not having enough of that musical creative piece for me uh, was a real point of issue for me in my full enjoyment of Maestro. But again, technically, it's fantastic. The performances are very good. Uh, everything else about it is 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 interesting to watch. And and I've said this on uh, other podcasts as well. I didn't say it for my Ferrari episode that was right before this one. But the thing that I love about this is again the lack of adult dramas, dramas aimed at adults telling stories that are not. You know, comic book or superhero, and as I always have to disclaim, I'm a big fan of those as well, as if they're well done. Uh, my thing about movies, when people ask me about what kind of movies I like, and I've said this before, my answer has always been since I was a teenager, what kind of movies you like, and I always say good ones. And I know that sounds like a smug answer, but it's really not. I don't have a particular genre that I favor. I just want a movie to be good, regardless of genre. I'm not a particular horror movie buff, per se. My son is. I am not. But well-done horror movies, I can appreciate if they're done, executed well. That's all I care about. Any movie I'm watching, if it's well-done and entertaining and strikes me in a certain way, I really don't care what the genre is. So movies like Maestro, Maestro, I keep saying Maestro. I don't know why I'm doing that. Maestro. <laughs> movies like Maestro and movies like Ferrari, Killers of the Flower Moon. These are movies that I champion regardless of my feeling about them whether i love them kind of like them don't like them whatever my view is of those particular movies we need those movies and we need those movies to do well 
because as I stated in, in Maestro, which was a, a Netflix film, it only played in theaters for a short period of time and then went to Netflix. And again, I, I have mixed feelings about that because I know I am a champion of the movie theater going experience. I always will be. And this has always, you know, come at me. I have mixed feelings about it because I don't dismiss streaming as some people do that are full theater experience people. I don't because with the pan, you know, with the pandemic hitting and, and two things for me personally, with the pandemic hitting, stopping the ability to go to movie theaters for quite a while. And secondly, my own personal life between work and raising two small children and, you know, being married and all of the things that entails your time. The ability for, for me to go to the theaters to see movies like I used to is not there. Believe me, if, if it was up to me, I would be going to a movie every single weekend or or, or, or three, two or three times a week if it was up to me. I just don't have the ability to do that. And streaming has created a space where I can watch movies like Maestro and review them for this podcast. So I have things to review, new movies to review. Not that I don't love reviewing old movies. I love that as well. But to at least have access to new big budgeted movies with big stars and big stories to tell. Uh, streaming has been an invaluable resource for me personally, so I have mixed views about it. As, as much as I love going to the theater and I will always champion movies and theaters, the streaming availability has been very, very important to me. One, for me to have things for this podcast and, and not even just for that, even if I wasn't doing this podcast, it has the ability for me to see films that I would not normally have a chance to see because I just cannot get to the theater enough. So again, mixed views on that, but this movie, Maestro being a perfect example, it plays for a short period of time, but it's important that these movies get made and it's important that movie studios bankroll these movies to be in theaters so that people have options on movies to see. As I stated, I am a fan of the comic book movies, but I think if you've noticed in the last six months to go on a slight tangent, the, the comic book movies have suffered from lack of box office and I think that has a lot to do with lack of quality and maybe people are a little bit burnt out by them there's issues going on at both marvel and dc i'm not going to get into that uh, but again we need a variety of options going to the theater not just one option that doesn't you know that that does nobody any good so when these movies do well like i said whether i love them or kind of like them i'm i'm always rooting for them to do well because that's good for the entire business of keeping movie theaters open so people go there as their first choice to watch movies if they can do that so that's my little aside on that but again i'm going to wrap this show up with my review again of maestro which i didn't give my stars yet so maestro directed by bradley cooper i'm giving three and a half out of five stars so on my scale uh that's a decent review of the movie uh, as i stated in the portion of what i didn't like uh, i gave you my major issue with the movie i really wish there was more of the creative process documented in the film from leonard bernstein there just wasn't enough for me and that really detracted from my full enjoyment of the movie so three and a half out of five that's that's a probably a half-hearted endorsement uh if you want to check it out i would if you are a fan of Carrie Mulligan, even and a fan of Bradley Cooper, and have an interest in them, it's probably worth it, and you'll probably enjoy it. Like I said, the movie's not bad. It's just it wasn't what I expected it to be, so I was disappointed in that aspect. So I can't give it a four or five as a full-throated recommendation to go see it, uh, but I can definitely, uh, I'm good with three and a half. I think uh, many of you will enjoy it if you watch it. It was just my issue with it, and it may not be your issue with it when you do watch it. Uh, so if it's something that you really are looking for more of that personal story, then your, your enjoyment of it will probably be a lot more than mine. So, And uh, that's uh, that's my my take on it. So again, 
Maestro directed by Bradley Cooper. I'm giving three and a half stars out of five. The movie is now on Netflix. That's where I watch it, so you can watch it now if you have Netflix whenever you'd like. I don't know if it's still playing in theaters. I think the way they do it is they put it in the theaters for a short period of time so it's eligible for the Oscars. And then they pull it, and then they put it on Netflix. But it may be playing somewhere local to you. I didn't check that before I jumped on to do the show. So again, Maestro, three and a half stars out of five. And um, that is Bradley Cooper and Kerry Mulligan starring in that film, also directed by Bradley Cooper. Thank you for listening to the show. You can follow the show on X, Instagram, YouTube, and Threads. The handle is at BendYourEarPod. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and like the Facebook page, please. This is a one-man operation. If you're watching the show on Facebook or YouTube and would like to support the podcast, you can click the QR code on the top left corner here of the screen, or you can go to the show's X page and go to the profile section and click on the tip jar. This will help cover the cost of hosting this podcast. Again, thank you for listening and have a fantastic week. Take care.